and time again You have proven You do just what you say Though the storms may come And the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast And let my heart learn When you speak a word It will come to pass And great is your faithfulness To me Come on, we sing Oh, great is your faithfulness Sons to the setting same, I will praise your name. For great is your faithfulness to me.
I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. When it, when it just gets chaotic, when the world gets heavy, when things feel impossible, He is still God. And sometimes that's just our act of worship is just reminding ourselves that He is still God. That's how we honor Him. By reminding ourselves that He's still good that we're going to feel hope again in Him. So I just want to invite you, if we just took the next like 60 seconds and just did that, allow the music to just play over you and just take a moment and just say, Jesus, I know you're still on the throne. You are still good. Let's do that together. Setting same, I will praise your 
So we sing about it and we remind our own hearts that God's faithfulness to us yesterday gives us the very faith we need for today. Faithful to the end, able to be trusted, able to be counted upon. Jesus tells us to call to him and he will answer whatever's on our heart, whatever's on our mind. So what we wanna do right now is we wanna take a moment and call to him. We wanna call to Jesus and pray over a few specific areas coming off of this most recent season. And so look at the slide up here, and I want us to begin to pray with a big faith, to call to the faithful one and believe that he's gonna continue to be faithful in these areas. The first of which is we just wanna pray out loud confidently for our friends and our family. There are so many friends and family right now that are hurting and so they need our prayers. I even encourage you, if you're with your friends or family, maybe you could even lay a hand on them right now as we begin to pray together for friends and family. Come on, lift up your voice. Pray boldly. Call to him, and he wants to answer. God, we pray for our friends that are hurting right now and need the healing touch of Jesus. God, we pray that you would bless them and keep them. We pray for the family that you've entrusted into our lives. Thank you for our family for people that have our backs, that are with us when times are tough. Will you just be with our family, God? Come on, what does he bring to your heart right now? For your friends, for your family, what prayer do you have on your heart? Do you have friends that feel anxious right now and need the peace of Jesus? Do you got family members that are struggling with a sickness in their body? Come on, pray healing into them right now. We pray healing for our friends and our family. We pray healing mind, body, soul. We pray a connection and healing in our relationships. Where do you wanna pray? for friends and family. We pray over our homes. We pray over our relationships. We pray Jesus into all of it. Continue on, begin to pray for Valley Creek Church. Pray for our church family. Maybe lift up your voice and just pray that we would be the church that Jesus calls us to be, that we would truly be light in this dark place that we would be the kind of church that truly brings hope, that is a movement of hope into all areas of life. Come on, pray for our church. Pray for our campuses and all, all the campuses that we have at Valley Creek. Pray for the places that we set our foot as a church family. Pray for strengthening and a binding of our hearts together for our church. God, we pray for Valley Creek. We pray for a unity and a resolve to be the church you called us to be. We pray for a connection between the parts of our body, each part joined together, doing its work one to another. Come on, pray for our church, church. Pray for the, the very people at Valley Creek, both in this room and watching online right now. Pray for our church family. We choose to lift up our church, believing by faith that Jesus is leading and guiding us. And then finally, pray for our city. Has there ever been a time that we need to pray harder for our cities? Come on, begin to pray right now for the city that you're in, for the governmental officials, for the people that are working hard to keep your city uh, bound together, united together in this season. 
I even wanna pray for people like the line workers. I saw a guy in a truck for five days in a row this week. I pray for him. I pray for that man that worked hard so that we could have electricity all week long. Thank you for him, Jesus. Pray for your city. Pray for the peace of your city, for when it has peace, you also will have peace. Come on, pray that the Lord would move in our city, that he would move hearts to compassion, that we would, uh, that we would help one another like we've been doing all week long. Pray for a connection between neighborhoods and neighbors in our city. Pray for our governmental officials making decisions, man, it's hard. It's hard to make decisions. We need the wisdom of heaven across all areas of our government. We choose to pray boldly for our city right now. So Jesus, we give all these prayers to you. We believe that if we call out that you will answer these. So we pray them with a big faith. We pray them in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on. Come on, the prayer of righteous people, it's powerful and effective. That's why we come off a week like this and we pray and we seek the Lord together. Thanks for praying. Go ahead and find your seats. Hey everybody. I know it has been a hard week in North Texas. It has been cold, it's been stormy, it's been chaotic and panicky, and so today, it is so good to be able to be at a harbor of hope. Whether online or at one of our physical campuses, it is so good to gather together with other followers of Jesus and just receive some hope while encountering God's presence together. And so today, what I've asked our campus pastors to do is to just bring a, a message of hope and encouragement into our life. You see, we're one church that meets at multiple campuses, and every one of those campuses has a campus pastor, a shepherd, who pastors and shepherds and cares for our soul and our heart and our life and points us to Jesus. And I want you to know, I love our campus pastors. They're men I trust, they're men I respect, they're men I follow, and not only do I love them, I know they love you and they love Jesus. And so I'm so excited today to just be encouraged, to just have some hope spoken over my life and over your life as they just help us remember some things again in the midst of this season. So we open up your mind for a little bit of hope and a little bit of encouragement in Jesus' name. I do love you very much. So how was your week? That was, yeah. Nobody saw that one coming, did we? Uh, I had a friend that said that was the worst snow that he's ever seen. I, I agree. So wherever you're at, whatever you faced, uh, even if you couldn't make it in to a physical location, whatever's going on in your life right now, Jesus is with you. He sees you. He's for you. We're for you. Your church family is for you. So what we want to do today is just take a moment, and we just want to remember again. 
Can you believe that we've been in a series like this again, and we've been talking about breathing again and believing again and beginning again, and you're thinking, wow, that's so good. I'm starting to get some momentum. We're starting to get our feet underneath of us. And then, and isn't that so like the way the world does it? And you're starting to get just, you see, like, I'm two steps forward, no, three steps back, two, and then you just feel like this momentum shifting below you. And so in those moments, the critical piece of the puzzle, the invitation is to remember again. To remember that God is good, even when the world is not. And God is good, but he's not just good like out here somewhere. He's good to you. And I think we often forget to remember. In fact, I would say that many times we think we're moving forward and then something in the world happens like this. And we're like, oh, and the whole thing starts to shift underneath of us. And we forget to remember the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God that's led us all the way up to this point. And so today we're going to choose to remember again. In fact, I want to do that by just taking a look at one story, the story uh, in 2 Kings 6. This is a story about the Israelites and how they had faced a whole lot of hard times. They, they had had a lot of seasons in which everything that they seemed to do came to a standstill. Here's what's going on. The people of Israel being chased by an enemy uh, from a, a different nation, and they're getting chased into all kinds of corners, and they don't exactly know when the next attack is going to happen. And there's even a part in the passage that says that the, the enemy king says, we'll take them, we'll, we'll follow them to such and such and do such and such. Like, it was so sporadic that they didn't even know when they were going to be attacked. But they were led by the goodness of God in the form of the prophet Elisha. And Elisha would warn them when the attack was going to happen. He'd prepare them ahead of time. And so he was actually telling them to uh, not go here and to go here and to be protected. And so the enemy army starts to get frustrated. And they try to figure out, like, okay, how's, how's Israel always putting this together? How are the people of God always protected from our attack? And so uh, eventually they figure out where Elisha is at. And they decide to surround the city. And I just want to read this over you because I believe this is a word from the Lord for all of us today. Uh, because they always struggled to remember. They would forget to remember the goodness of God. God would always say to the Israelites things like, remember the, the Lord who is your God that brought you out of Israel. Remember the Lord uh, who, who brought you, you know, uh, through those hard times. The God of your youth. Remember the Lord your God who's strong, who's compassionate, who's kind to a thousand generations. So... They ultimately uh, struggled to remember. And so here's what the conversation is between the servant uh, of Elisha and Elisha. When they saw that they were surrounded, the servant, the man of God, got up and went out early in the next morning. An army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. You may have found yourself asking that exact question this week. Oh no, my Lord, what should we do? There is water pouring through the ceiling. What do I do now? Oh, Lord, what do I do with this situation? What do I do with how scared I am right now? Those are real questions. Like, like the prayer, oh, no, my Lord, what should I do? That's a great prayer to pray. Because he wants to answer those questions. And he wants to show you what to do in seasons and situations just like right now. Elisha responds back, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those that are with us are more than those who are with them. Don't be afraid. Those that are with you are more than those that are against you. Those that are with you right now, no matter what you're facing, are more, are bigger, are beyond whatever you are facing. That is, the God that's within you is bigger than the storms that surround you. 
The hope that's in your heart can lead you through hope in a hopeless situation at a level you can't even begin to comprehend. So I believe that's a word for each one of us today. Those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Can I tell you who's for you? God. And if God is for you, who or what can be against you? Can I tell you who's for you? The kingdom of God. The angel armies and all the resources at the kingdom's disposal are for you. Can I tell you who's for you? The people of God. Actively praying for you and looking out for you. They got your back. They're, they're here to help and to take care and to provide aid. They are for you. For those that feel isolated and separated and disconnected, those that are for you are more than those that are against you. God is for you. We are for you. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Here's just a few thoughts for you as we begin to remember again. And the first thought is this, remember to stay Jesus-focused. In times like this, you got to stay Jesus-focused. Open your eyes. See how Jesus is moving because whatever you stare at, you steer towards. A whole bunch over the course of the last 12 months, we have been staring at everything else other than the very one that we should be looking at. We've been staring at the, the brokenness of the world. We've been staring at the things that cause anxiety and fear. We've been looking right down, right down the gut of all the things that are surrounding us and instead we must focus on the one that holds us. We must focus on the one who's in us. We must focus on the one who's leading and guiding us. That's why we are Jesus-focused. The Bible tells us to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I think this whole year we've been focused so much on what we can see with our physical eyes. We fail to open our eyes and focus them on Jesus, the eyes of our hearts. Focused on the one in our heart. Focused on the only one that can heal our heart. Focused on the only one that can lead us through whatever we're facing. So remember, do not forget to remember to stay Jesus-focused. In fact, a great prayer, maybe even this week, would be the prayer that Elisha encourages his servant with. Open his eyes. God, will you open my eyes so that I can see what you're doing, how you're moving, where you're at in these crazy situations. Will you open my eyes so I can see how you're interweaving and what your spirit is doing in these conversations. And when I'm on the phone with that adjuster and when I'm talking with my neighbor and when I'm having a hard conversation with my family member, will you open my eyes to be focused on Jesus, to be focused more on the God that holds me than the storms that surround me. Lord, open our eyes. So we must remember to be Jesus-focused. Secondly, we must remember that we are hope carriers. We are hope carriers. And I've seen so much of that play out this week. It's amazing how much hope is being carried by the Valley Creek family. I could tell you so many stories. In fact, I'm going to tell you a few right now. So let me tell you a story about Brett and Michelle. Brent and Michelle are circle leaders. They have a, a sweet uh, senior woman in their group named Irma, and they wanted to just bless her all the way on Valentine's Day. Remember Valentine's was last week? That's like when this all started. Valentine's Day. They brought chocolates to her house, a Valentine's blessing, and then shoveled her sidewalk and put salt down and blessed her heart and went to her house. Why? Because that's what we do when we're in a circle with one another. That's what we do when we're the church. That's how we truly take care of one another and provide for one another. I love that story. I can tell you a story about Chad. 
Chad decided to, in zero degrees, cut wood for his entire neighborhood and just started giving that wood away to whoever needed some firewood to burn in their fireplace. Boom, hope carrier. That's awesome. I can tell you a story about my friend Paul. Paul works in, in the medical field. Their office was completely shut down. The roads were horrible. Later on, their office would have an actual pipe break. But he decided to help out another Valley Creeker that, whose little girl, on top of all this, on top of everything else going on, got bit in the face by a dog. Come on, man. So what does he do? He traverses the crazy roads. He opens up the office. He invites her to come there. And then he helps heal that little girl. Come on. That's hope carrying. I could tell you a story about a homeless shelter in Louisville that our Next Steps team was made aware of. What happened is the shelter also had a catastrophic break. The 12, uh, uh, the, the 12 uh, homeless youth that were living there had to be moved to another facility. Horrible time and a horrible situation. They did not have the correct bedding or blankets. So our Next Step Center team heard about it, jumped to the ready, went out to Walmart to find all of the bedding and the blankets and the supplies that they would need. Walmart was closed, banged on, the, <laughs> banged on the front door, person at the door answered, manager heard about it, manager opened the entire Walmart, personally took them shopping, got all the supplies that they needed, gave them to those homeless youth so that they would be warm and have bedding, and that's awesome. And so the board of directors for that organization wrote to us later in the week, here we go, I honestly think you all are a church who really gets what it looks like to live like Jesus. You just continue to blow me away. I was convicted, challenged, and motivated to action by you all. You and your team are doing great kingdom work. Boom, hope carrier. So remember that you are a hope carrier. You carry a treasure chest of hope inside of you wherever you go. Now may the God of all hope fill you with peace so that you trust in him and so you can overflow with the hope, the very hope that the world needs from the inside to the outside. The kingdom in, inside of you is always supposed to become the kingdom around you. The hope inside of you is always supposed to flow from the inside and flow to a lost, hurting, and broken world around you. You are a hope carrier. So don't forget to remember to stay Jesus-focused, that you are a hope carrier and as our worship team comes back out, here's the third one. Remember that we are a harbor of hope. This is a harbor of hope. Today, you came to the very place where you can experience, receive, and release the hope of Jesus, the harbor. The place where the word of God is spoken over your life. The place where the spirit of God is experienced together as we worship, as we gather together, as we pray, as we actually are the church. This is a harbor of hope. And so it's not just a harbor of hope like for everybody out there, man. It's for you. It's for me. You know how badly I needed to be with you guys today in this harbor of hope? To have my own heart receive what only can happen as we gather together as the people of God. This is a harbor of hope. Don't forget it. And don't take it for granted. I think sometimes we miss the fact that the church, who we are when we gather together, when we are this, when we do this, we are doing and experiencing and demonstrating and declaring the very thing that Jesus built and started and died for, the church. We're part of something that's lasted for 2,000 years and the gates of hell will never come against it. 
The gates of hell will never come against it. The brokenness of this world will never come against it. The storms and the weather patterns will never come against it. The political climate will never come against it. The way people are reacting on social media won't come against it. The craziness of everything that surrounds you and your finances and your questions of tomorrow will never come against the church. This is a harbor of hope. We gather together as the people of God in a harbor of hope with the word of God and the spirit of God leading our hearts each and every weekend. May we never take it for granted. May we honor. May we lift up. May we value being the church. Let me finish with this. Yesterday, one of my friends said, it just feels like, I keep asking myself, what's next? Like, what could possibly be next? What's next? And maybe you felt similar to that. Maybe over the course of this whole year, you almost have like this, uh, this, kind, of, this kind of tightness, this anxiousness. What's next? What, what's going to happen next? Can I just tell you what's going to happen next? The goodness of God. The goodness of God is going to happen next. And the grace of God is going to pour all over your life. And the blessing of, God's are going to, the blessing of God is going to surround you. And the very hope of heaven is going to fill you. You know what's next. You know what you could expect. The goodness of God. Do not forget to remember again. If God is for you, who, what, when, how, what's next can be against you. I love you, Valley Creek. Where God is leading is so much better than where we've been. So what's next? The goodness of God. Let's continue to remember it today.
Yeah. 